With Capella University's FlexPath learning format, you can earn your degree online at your own pace and get support from people who care about your success. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show. Today on the James Altucher Show. So I'm curious also, I'm going to ask the basic question, but what would you say to a kid who wants to make YouTube videos or even me who wants to make more popular YouTube videos uh, in addition to your four rules, which I think are valuable for all creativity and even other things like entrepreneurship and negotiating yeah. and whatever, sales, what would you recommend as aspiring YouTube creator? Have a purpose for sure. That's like the biggest one. But when you're starting out, sometimes you don't know what your purpose is. So then I would maybe break some of those rules that we said and do a lot of stuff. Just do it over and over again. There's this, there's this culture right now that's kind of like, anti-hustle culture that's happening where you know it's unhealthy to to promote hustle and it is i think i think it's not necessarily for everybody but it is kind of required if you want to do something pretty great if you want to have a great career particularly now yeah here with craig benzine otherwise known as wheezy waiter one of the most popular and definitely the most prolific video i don't know vlogger youtuber what is, what is it called these days video podcaster i feel like video podcast is what it's kind of well, crazy like vlogger to, is an old word now according to, well according to the the sponsors and in, in the business side they'd say an influencer you're an influencer you're a yeah. youtube influencer yeah i don't really like that term but yeah we could say that yeah <laughs> I, I would say though, as a poet, well, okay. So this is, so let me just set the stage here. Yeah. I was on one of your videos. Uh, I gosh, I forget. Was that like a year or six months ago or? Uh, you're on two actually. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's been like six months for the first one. Yeah. The, it was on the owning a home. Yeah. What's the title of that one? That one is why do people like buying homes? And, and I was of course the person who doesn't like buying homes <laughs> and yeah. and you own a home. So it was, I think you yeah. probably had to title it, uh, why do they like buying homes? What was the second one? Uh, it was, why do people like minimalism? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I for, I have zero memory, by the way. I think I'm in early stage Alzheimer's. <laughs> that's okay. Did you interview me for that one? <laughs> I interviewed you for both in one sitting. So that's oh, why. okay. Maybe I yeah. got confused. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah. Um, well, and you also did a video, uh, you know, how, we quit sugar for a month. Here's what happened. That got mm -hmm. 10 million views. But yeah. you've been, it, it's it's easy to think, oh, he that was such a good idea. No wonder he got 10 million views. You've been like doing YouTubing since 2006. I'm totally jealous because 
<laughs> I wish I had started doing anything in 2006 and stuck with it until today. And I'm sure, you know, there's a saying that the best day to start something is... Um, 10 years ago? Yeah, 10 years ago <laughs> and today. Yeah. And you did it 10 years ago. Everybody else has the option of today. So we're going to yeah. talk about how to maybe, you know, kind of ramp up a little more quickly than you did, but also kind of the determination. And as you put it in one of your videos, the grit that you had uh, and, and kind of what you've learned and the formulas. But it was, and you've done so many types of YouTubing, but what you've been doing lately are these things like where it's more like you pick some challenge, you do it, and with with high production, you videotape it along the way. So how mm -hmm. I quit sugar for, or, you know, we quit sugar for a month, here's what happened. We went vegan for a month, here's what happened. We went to sleep, or I went to sleep every day at 7 p.m., here's what happened. <laughs> Meditated every day for a month, here's what happened. And I love these, I, I love these sorts of things as opposed to like, here's what would happen. From a scientific research point of view, here's what would happen if you went vegan every day for a month. Because I feel like that's the average book, but the one, books and the videos and the podcasts I enjoy the most is where you're putting yourself through it and then you're documenting it because then it's you get to play with it. You get to get everybody's reaction to what you're doing. And I, I have I actually do have questions. So I'm going to stop rambling in a second. <laughs> but you ever read uh, A.J. Jacobs' books? Uh, which uh, Year I'm of Loving Biblically? Uh, uh, I, I don't think I've read... I probably read synopses of his books. Okay, so but, he... he yeah does something similar where he'll say, I'm going to live the life as prescribed by the Bible for a year and then yeah. he'll write it. Or I'm going to oh, read yeah, yeah. every book in the Encyclopedia Britannica. So that's the book, The Know-It-All. Mm -hmm. And then he documents, or he has another book, um, uh, my, my Life as an Experiment, where he has lots of little experiments that he does, including outsourcing his arguments with his wife to an outsourcing firm in India. And, yeah. you know, and then he documents. And I think that's just such a, a much more interesting, clever almost gonzo journalism style of, of doing things. So, yeah. um, but I want to, let's, those get millions of views. Your YouTube channel, I feel like kind of really, you took it to the next level when you sort of shifted like that. But let's go back to the beginning. Okay. 2006. 2006. Well, actually 2007. I was, I was a year late to the, to the, to the blogging game, I guess you could say. I was, um, living in Chicago, waiting tables, uh, graduate with a communication arts degree in radio, television, film, so I was waiting tables. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> it was a college degree well spent. <laughs> right. And uh, I... By the way, we have a video uh, why people like going to college, but we could, <laughs> how come you didn't call me up about that one, by the way? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I had to get it done quickly. All right. Uh, but uh, so I was waiting tables and I wanted... I mean, I always was interested in film. I, I could edit video pretty well. I'd, I've been messing around with film my whole life or video my, my whole life. Um, and I wanted to kind of be a, I don't know, I wanted to be a filmmaker like most, most 20 something communication arts graduates like myself. Um, but I was in Chicago with my band, uh, waiting tables and I just felt kind of trapped. One day I, uh, went into work. I was, I, I was, I was broke, but, and I was living month to month. I went into work, I got no tables, nobody came in, and I was sent home early, and I was just like, it was, it was probably my, my real low point where I was just like, uh, I had nothing to lose, and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to start making things. I'm just going to, what the hell, I'm just going to, and, and you know, you know Zay Frank? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, f I found his 
videos around that time. And I and he inspired me big time to just uh, he was like a Silicon Valley slash comedian. Yeah, like like he would he would do comedy, but at like entrepreneur conferences. Yeah, and then right. videotape and put the videos up. But he also did. He had a, a thing called a show, a show or the show with Zay Frank, which he um, made a video every weekday for a year, hmm. and before anyone was doing stuff like that, like he was putting up on. It wasn't even doing it on YouTube. He was doing it on. Blip TV, which... I remember that. Yeah, it doesn't exist anymore. So I started doing that on Blip TV. Uh, I just decided, you know what? I, I'm done not, not trying to pursue this passion that I think I have. So I just decided to put them up every weekday for uh, Blip TV. And I nobody watched. Nobody. And I should have put them... I didn't put them up on YouTube right away. I should have put them up on YouTube at that time. Yeah, because YouTube, yeah. by at yeah. this point, had already yeah. had uh, the Andy Samberg... Um, what's the song? Oh, uh, Lo uh, Lonely Island? Yeah, but Lonely yeah. Island, but also the, the song... Um, Lazy Sunday? Lazy Sunday, yeah. Yeah. So Lazy Sunday was the first YouTube video to get 100 million views. Yeah. And in Lazy Sunday 2, by the way, which was like 10 years later... He even shouts out, still waiting for my YouTube check. Because he was. <laughs> they sort of put YouTube, I don't want to say they put YouTube on the map, but they sort of put YouTube on the map with that. And it was yeah. spread around fast then. Absolutely. I think they, they, owe, they owe them. But uh, I was just kind of making stuff for mostly friends and family. I would get excited if, I, if a video got 300 views. That but meant... That, that took a lot of persistence though too, to kind yeah. of like, you know, do this for a year and only get 300 views. I kind of think yeah. I would sort of fizzle out after a few well yeah i for me it wasn't uh i don't know i it was just fun i enjoyed it like I, and i didn't expect anything else because i didn't know anything else was possible really um and well, it what were you hoping to do like did you have a goal in it or i was hoping it would at least give me experience and help me maybe get a job like a quote unquote real real job uh doing video or something and it did lead to an office job working for uh, an internet company in the suburbs of chicago doing video for local businesses basically so it did lead to a job um and then i quickly discovered i didn't like that job <laughs> that job very much either so then i continued making videos gradually i did uh an audience started to come come around like i threw uh i don't know there was also this website, there was this blog called YouTube Reviewed, which was, they would review these um, uh, just random video bloggers at the time. And that doesn't exist anymore either. But I, I posted to them and they really liked my videos. They put me on the front page. The next day I woke up to 97 emails from of new tw Twitter followers. And it was like the most excited I'd ever been in my life. I was like, are you kidding me? 97 emails? This is insane. And from that point on, that was probably two year, two or three years into making videos. From that point on, uh, it just started to slowly grow. How many videos at that point had you made? A hundred. A hundred, okay. Yes. And, and so, and then, you know, did you ever feel like, okay, now you had to cultivate an audience and like, what, did it, we're getting all these emails, like what you, you say this is the happiest ever been. Yeah. It, it kind of showed that, oh, there might be a, a ramp up here. There might be a potential for, uh, uh, and one of those exponential growing curves that we all love to experience at least once in our lives of, oh, people like me. Yeah. And, but did you, did you focus on 
improving the quality of the videos or did you focus on interacting with the audience? Like what, what changed in your focus at that point? Um, I, I focused on consistency. I, I focused on, cause I was, I had the office job, the, the video making led to this office job. So I wasn't waiting tables anymore, but I was still wheezy waiter. But, uh, yeah, I should mention your channel's wheezy waiter, W H E Z Y waiter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and cause I have asthma and I was a waiter when I started it. Um, but I, I decided I'm just going to, okay, this is growing now. I'm going to just put out more content, just, just put out as much content as I can. So I would get up like five, I, I could, I had to be at work by 10 PM. I'd get up at like 5.45 AM or 10. I had to get, be at work at 10 AM. I'd get up at 5.45 AM and I would just make videos every morning. Uh, and was it every, kind of like a, a a vlog type of thing where you're talking to a camera and you're giving some? It's it's all absurd comedy. I did a lot of absurd inside jokes, recurring jokes. It's I, I I saw it as kind of like the Mister Rogers of adult com, like more with more adult comedy. That's basically what I saw it saw it as, and, and more absurd. You, you you refer to to comedy, you know, in a recent video from from about a year ago, where how I saved my YouTube channel. And I thought your analysis there was interesting, but what was like a sample? absurdist video that you would do back then? Well, I had a recurring thing that I would, uh, the coffee would be done and I'd say, the coffee's done. I love it when the coffee's done. And then I would get up and some sort of weird adventure would happen on my way to the coffee. Some sort of weird editing trick. Like, like I'm going to fly to the coffee and then I'd jump and then it'd like cut to me like with my head like moving really fast and like just doing some dumb sort adventure like, to the coffee. The, these were sort of like long TikTok videos in today's <laughs> yeah. parlance. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So I just thought like the consistency and the the recurring gags would just keep people around and and people liked it and it, and it kept growing. And then eventually uh what was the most popular video during this period? It's hard to say. There're too many videos. Uh it was just kind of a slow growth. There wasn't one that that really stuck out. Um was there? I I can't think of one. No, it's just all, just a lot of videos. But like, well, okay, so what were you getting on average around? Like, what uh, would you expect to get per video? Around the time when it really started to take off, it was like 10,000 views a video, and then it it slowly grew to like 20,000, 30,000, 40,000. By the time I got to around 70,000 views a video every weekday, uh, that and, and about 100,000 subscribers. No, 70,000 subscribers. That's when I quit my job. That's when I quit my office job because I was making about the same amount of money I was making when I was waiting tables. And I thought, okay, I think I can quit and do this now. And you were making it through advertising? Uh, yeah, just through AdSense. Yeah. Okay, so like YouTube would put their own videos on on the video itself and mm -hmm. and send you a check every month. Yeah, that was all. And I don't it's know, like I don't, magic. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was like, I can't believe this, this is actually happening. And ever since then, I just am waiting for when that's, it's going to stop. Like what, like something's going to fall through the floor and YouTube's not going to exist anymore. Well, I feel yeah. like things have changed quite a bit, but, but yeah. I, let's, let's keep, keep going yeah. on the history for a second. Cause I, you went yeah. through a couple of different yeah. incarnations in this. Yeah. So I did, I quit my job and I continued doing this and it got, the videos got just more absurd and just, and uh just kind of along that vein of like absurdist humor for about i don't know five years and it it kind of plateaued after about a couple years of doing it um and then it started to decline and then it was just sort of like I, first i think for several reasons it started to decline one is the way youtube's subscriber system changed 
they 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 back in the old days for me it was all about subscribers and just playing to my subscriber base and youtube kind of changed uh they de-emphasized the subscriber system it was much more about discovery and watch time um and i just ignored it i just continued playing to my subscriber base but by the way i have a yeah. question about that so yeah. i feel like on every platform mm -hmm. this started to happen at different times but like yeah. twitter facebook um um instagram i think tiktok is a great example by the way where subscribers don't mean much and i think they do it correctly like they, yeah. they they have a uh they've kind of really gone deep into the discovery part where there's actually opportunity to to break out without followers yeah. but uh this was a frustrating thing on let's say facebook because you would you would work hard to build up follower count and then organic reach went from 20 percent to one percent yeah unless you paid which was sort of like it seemed like a uh uh bait and switch sort of strategy. Did yeah. you feel the same way was happening on YouTube or did you think it was just a, a legit change in the algorithm? Um, it was, it was definitely happening on YouTube. It was, uh, it was a little like YouTube's front page was, was subscribe. You know, there was a little box that had your subscriptions like would, would show. Then they gradually they put that on a second page. You had to click somewhere else to see it. And then it became harder to find that button to go see your subscribers. And so now, now the front page is, is you, is usually what's recommended unless you're not, subscribe to youtube then it i think it's uh trend the trending page probably i don't know i haven't gone to youtube outside of my account in a while but uh they just they just pushed the subscribe the your what people are watching so when people go to youtube they're going to watch what's recommended to them more much more often than they're going to watch what they're subscribed to and i was just playing into that system of the subscription and i was just ignoring it i was just like well my subscribers want to see this so i'm going to do this uh, so, so, and I, it, 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 you're actually making me think this is a broader, even a more broad change on the internet where it used to be, you could go to your favorite website and read articles. So if you were interested in Silicon Valley, you'd go to TechCrunch. If you were yeah. interested in yoga, I don't know, you'd go to the yoga journal website, but now I don't think it's like the same thing with all user behavior on every website. I don't think people go to websites anymore. They kind of just look at what's trending on Twitter or they look at what's trending on Google news and that's how they do discovery. I don't think people have favorite websites anymore. So maybe it's kind of mimicked what happened on YouTube. There's, there's no, for a while, everything was niche. So you can go, Oh, I'm going to go, I'm interested in this. I'm going to go to this website, but now it's sort of like you just search on Google and see what's happening or. Yeah. It's whatever's rising to the top is what everyone kind of goes and watches. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. It's happening all over the place. I don't know. Uh, at the time, I was really frustrated because that was my entire model was subscriptions. I don't know that it was necessarily better than the way it is now, though, because thinking about how I watch things, I'd much rather I'm more excited when I find something new on YouTube than I am seeing my old subscriptions. Although yeah. I, I do both, I guess. And when you yeah. go to the front page of YouTube, yeah. this is at least what I encounter is that there's some discovery. And then I also see if it looks like it's favoring the channels I subscribe to that I'm most likely to click on. So I'll see if they have new videos. I'm usually excited when, if there's a channel that I subscribe to and they have a new video, I'm usually excited to see a new Wheezy Waiter video, for instance. <laughs> yeah. Or if there's like the latest trending video, I'm curious as to why that's trending and why everybody's clicking on it. So I might click on that. Yeah, that's, yeah. You know, I, I, a little of both for me too. But so I said there were several reasons. One was the, uh, subscription model going away but another is just that there was so much more content out there 
So there's just more things for people to watch. So they're not going to watch. Gradually, people are just not going to watch what they're subscribed to as much, you know. And if I'm making a video every single weekday, people are going to skip videos. Right. And, you know, that's interesting because, A, now the amount of content is mind-boggling from, you know, a million books being published a year because of self-publishing to, I don't know, some crazy stat like a billion minutes of YouTube being uploaded every minute or uh, a billion and a half TikTok users or two million podcasts. It's, it's, there's an insane amount of hours that content creators are expecting from their subscribers. But the flip side is, because I, I think about this, like what's the ideal number of articles? What's the ideal number of podcasts? What's even the ideal number of videos to put out? It, it seems like, Yes, not every. If you put out a lot of content, not everybody's going to see everything. But overall, more people will see everything. Well, more mm-hmm. people will see something than everybody seeing everything. Yeah, I think it really depends on what you're making. Like, uh, if if what you're making is conversation based, like this, I think. Oops, sorry. Uh, I, I think we that, almost lost the whole video right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if uh, I think it's it's more likely, you know, people are gonna. It, it's probably it's a lot easier to put out a lot more things because you're it's it's a conversation you know it's it's not I, you don't I don't think you do a lot of editing for for this no and I yeah. think that's the amazing thing with your yeah. videos by the way is I, one thing I've always noticed with in the podcast world with few exceptions is that the higher the production quality the more uh, listeners so and your stuff's very highly produced like you're quitting sugar for a month and documenting what happened that means you might have I don't know how many videos you take but let's say you take like 50 or 60 videos, maybe you take much more. And then you have to kind of, you know, you're trying to boil down to 10 to 10 minutes to a half hour, say, and you have 50 hours of video or 30 hours of video. That's a, a lot of editing that you're doing. It's a lot of writing and a lot of editing. I spend weeks. And it's funny weeks. too. Well, yeah, well, thank you. I think that's just like the, the humor is like, that comes natural to me because that's what I've been doing for years and years and years. But the But the putting it together and making a, good story and making it have a you know fulfilling conclusion and what all of that that takes weeks that just takes a long time to figure that out um but that's like going back to another reason why i think it was declining is because i was doing that absurd humor over and over and over again for years and years and years so another reason that i think it stopped working was just that it's got old (laughs) it's just it's just i've been doing it a while i love the simpsons for instance i haven't seen the simpsons in in a decade at least uh even though i still love it if i if i go and watch the simpsons now I'll probably like a new episode of it yes um, uh was it like 31 seasons now Steve? <laughs> the, we've had mike yeah. reese one of the original writers of the simpsons has been on the podcast twice and yeah. uh is that the longest running is the longest running like primetime cartoon yeah. is it more yeah. than the flintstones was yeah, there you go. Well, there you go. Yeah, but yeah, to your point, there's probably a whole new generation of audience every year. Yeah, and so like people just kind of stop watching because I've just they've seen me do it many, many times. And so you know, yeah. I I wrestle. I think a lot of people wrestle with this. Like if yeah. sometimes you know if, if if sometimes if you listen to too much to what the audience wants, you become the audience instead of becoming the creator. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. And I think I wrestled with this with my writing that, oh, my, everybody wants to hear about me losing all my money and, and coming back from that. And so I feel sometimes it's, 
it's hard. Like sometimes I feel like I have to write that. And it, 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 you address this in this video, you know, how to, how you saved your YouTube channel. But I think that is a, a challenge. Like, how did you feel like, what did you feel like right at that moment when you're like, oh no, this voice that I've been speaking with for seven years, nobody wants to listen to it anymore. I, yeah, I mean, I, f I feel like I had been thinking that for years by, by the point that I decided to, to change. Um, it was, it was, I mean, I think I hit it and I never really admitted it to anyone or even really to myself at the time, but I think I was in like a, a, a mild depression about it. I was, uh, I was thinking about like, this is the thing I love. This is the thing I'm good at. This is the thing I committed to for years and years and years. And now it feels meaningless and it feels like no one wants to watch it, you know? Yeah, and I think I think particularly bef bef if you're not naturally evolving into some other thing that that you're passionately want to talk about, yeah, that's a horrible feeling because you've been <laughs> you've been pouring all you feel like you've been pouring all your creative energy into one idea, and you've just utterly exhausted it. And even your viewers are telling you by not watching that, that you've utterly exhausted it. Right. By the way, mild depression videos probably would have been really hot if you had started doing them right then. <laughs> you should have I, just been like crying every day on, on video. I like, should have. You would have bumped right back up. I should have. Damn. Well, no, but what, what I ended up doing worked out anyway. <laughs> uh, I So I decided to stop and... Uh, I mean, I was toying with the idea of doing like these month-long documentaries for a while, but I just never did it because I didn't want to stop the uh, consistent output of videos, and and this yeah. was this was this was when what what year is this? Uh, well, when I started doing the like the sugar video was the first real big the uh, month of no added sugar. That was uh, a year and a half ago. That was two thousand eighteen. So so um, and I saw your your chart of this. It looked like from basically twenty eleven or twenty twelve to twenty nineteen, your videos were kind of sloping down. Yeah. And, but at the same time, I just want to mention you were, you were doing some stuff for, you know, John Hank Green. Yeah. They were big, you know, John Green, of course, uh, great young adult novelist, but he and his brother Hank, who's been on the podcast, had these great educational, they were the vlog brothers or the vlogging brothers. And they had these educational YouTube stuff. You were doing stuff for Mental Floss, their, their, their channel or their, their idea of big questions, which I thought those were great. Like two, yeah. three minutes where you were answering like, what is brain freeze or what is you know, yeah. I don't know, why is the sky blue or whatever they were. There was all these interesting <laughs> questions. Yeah. And uh, I don't think that was one of them, by the way. But uh, uh, so all along you were, I thought it was interesting. You were definitely trying other things. Yeah, too. but those were, those were all like uh, hosting. That was just, it, it was never like my passion. It was just a thing I did because it was kind of fun. But it's not a but, bad idea yeah. to like, you know, yeah. you have this core ability, you have this core audience and to, to try to experiment in as many ways as possible with, with those two things. You know, you had these skills that nobody else had. You were making YouTube videos probably more than just about anyone and longer than anyone. So you were, it, it was an excellent vehicle for you to experiment with. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was trying lots of things. I also started another uh, channel called The Good Stuff, an edu uh, educational channel that I helped, I produced with friends of mine. Um, it's, uh, we we would like we went to Area Fifty One. We, we before it was before it was cool. We went to Area Fifty One. Um, Wait a second, I think Area Fifty One was always cool. Okay, <laughs> no, but there was that whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but did you meet any aliens there? Nope, did not. Did we you? But did, did you get stopped? We did see uh, like snipers like nearby or, or just guards, whatever. Like Wait, with guns. What happened? We once flew like we were in a small plane and we flew like right over area area fifty one and I feel like something happened like our internet access went off. 
Uh, our internet actually it did. It, Whoa. It was blocked. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, there's really there's there, something happening there. There really is something happening there for sure. Uh I don't think it's aliens, but but there is something. Um we went to the biosphere too. We went like we we did a lot of on location educational documentary stuff. And that's that channel's still out there. Um I I, I like those ideas though. I feel like yeah. that fits into your your brand also at Wheezy Waiter. Yeah, well, especially if it's now. Like, what I'm doing now is very similar to what we were doing then, only much more about my life. Yes, it's totally true. Airbnb has changed my life. If anything, they have made my life so much better like I used to live in Airbnbs. I, I lived in over a hundred or two hundred different Airbnbs over a three-year period, and I loved it. I love. I became a really good guest of Airbnbs, and I got to know lots of hosts. So when I initially owned a house, I of course the first thing I thought was I'm going to turn my house into an Airbnb because I travel a lot. So why leave my house unused when I can make a side income? by letting others Airbnb my house or come to stay in my house as guests. And having my own Airbnb or, or being a host for Airbnb has allowed me to do just that. And I've met other hosts. I've actually spoken at Airbnb's host conference. I think it was in 2017. I met so many just nice hosts. It's a great community. And I love you know turning my own home into an Airbnb. Like I'm traveling to Austin next month. My home's gonna be an Airbnb while I'm away and I'll stay in an Airbnb. I'd rather stay in like a three-story house Airbnb than in one tiny hotel room in, in the middle of Austin during South by Southwest. So listen, while you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are people who are just letting their house sit empty who've never thought about it or didn't realize their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, then you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Daylight savings time is starting up again. Okay, podcast is over. That's all you needed to know. But why do we have uh, daylight savings time? Answer, to give us more daylight from March through November. By setting your clocks forward, it may feel like there are more hours in the day, that initial, when we initially start daylight savings. But if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates for your roles any sooner. There's only one way to do that, ZipRecruiter. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100-plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. This is such a brilliant idea for a business, and ZipRecruiter did it. So ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. I've used ZipRecruiter particularly as a potential employee, and I still, to this day, get messages every day. James Aldacher, would you like to apply to be VP of entertainment at NBC or whatever. So there's just nonstop emails. Like I got five or six emails today because of because a year ago I signed up for ZipRecruiter. 
So spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hey, listen, men's health is important. Men act all cocky and like they don't need anything. But the reality is, as you get older, there's some things you need. And it often feels like we're too busy to take care of our health problems. Like I'd rather do anything than go to the doctor or the dentist or the pharmacy or whatever. But now you don't have to waste your time if you use HIMS. HIMS, H-I-M-S, HIMS is changing men's healthcare by providing simple and convenient access to science-backed treatments for erectile dysfunction, hair loss, weight loss, and more. The entire process is 100% online, so you get a new routine of improving your overall health faster. Jay, you listening to all this? Yes, I definitely gotta use HIMS from now. Not on. that you need it. You're you're young and healthy. James, I'm 35. You, you're getting there. You might you might need it. Who knows? But if prescribed, your medication ships directly to you for free and indiscreet packaging. No insurance is needed. You can manage your plan on the HIMS app, track progress, and learn more about your conditions and how to treat them from leading medical experts. Start your free online visit today at HIMS dot com slash James. Could you imagine that there's a whole section just with my name on it? Hims.com slash James. That's how I how much I am representative of the kind of person who needs hymns. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash James for your personalized treatment options. Hims.com slash James. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See hymns.com slash James for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. So basically you had six years or more, almost seven years of this downward slope in audience. Was your income getting affected? Yes. Uh, not... Um what I was actually, so before, so the sugar video is, I, it was a month of no added sugar, August of 2018. I, uh, uh, it, it went viral. It's my biggest, by far my most successful video. It just hit 10, 10 million, million views. views. Yeah. And hilarious uh, video, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. It, it's like you got yeah. your whole family, just you screwed with all of them, which is perfect. <laughs> the day, uh, uh, when I was like the week leading up to putting that video out, I was, I brought out my old resume and I was polishing it up and thinking about getting another job because I, the bills were starting. It was starting to get to the point where I was I was getting a little worried about that. It wasn't like dire. Yet, so so but. so wait, did your income between 2012 and 2018 did your income get cut in half, a third? You know, um, it, it probably a third. Yeah. A, a, yeah, meaning like it was two two thirds of what it was, or. It was probably, well, it was hard to say because that year probably would have, it probably would have been cut in half or more, but then that video hit, so. Yeah, I, and, so. and then and then were you just relying on AdSense, which, which if anyone doesn't know, is Google's automated mechanism of placing ads on pop popular YouTube well, channels? Well, early and on was AdSense, like the very beginning of 
the channel of my career. But then it became more like uh, sponsored, actual sponsors for the videos and AdSense. So that probably made more money than an AdSense. Yes. But that was also declining at the time because people didn't want to advertise because I wasn't getting a lot of views. Yeah, because it's all still on a CPM model, like cost per thousand views or downloads or whatever the term is. Oh, well, with a sponsor, it was usually like just a direct payment for a, for a spot on the video um but well, what was your, before the sugar video I, this is like this is such a critical point so i want to i want to um i'm curious what was the last video before the sugar video oh uh, well the one before that was also like so i did i i kind of stopped like a month before that doing my regular absurd videos um and then i did a video uh, why do people like haul videos? A video about people, you know, haul videos are just people showing what they bought, They're going to a store and showing, grabbing the bags and just going through the things they oh, bought. Oh, H A U L. Yeah, yeah. Okay, haul. I thought you meant like hallways. No. <laughs> Who likes a hallway video? I don't, I didn't know. <laughs> there's probably, that's probably out there too. But yeah, haul but, videos, that strikes me as like unboxing videos. You know, yeah. there's all these, there's like these weird categories of people doing mindless stuff that yeah. other people like watching on YouTube. Yeah, so that was the video right before the sugar video. That was also me changing up what I was doing. That one got maybe like 30 or 40,000 views. But when you did the sugar one, which seems, cause I've seen, you know, smatterings of some of the older videos. This is such a unique change and stance. And you, you address this in the, you know, how I saved my YouTube channel video, which was in March, 2019 a few months after that, did you have a sense as you were making this video or as you were editing it or as you were about to, that this was going to change the game or you just didn't know? No, I knew, I knew that I had a sense it would do better. It would, def, it would do better than what I was doing. Uh, and, and then for like the first week it did, it, it did, uh, didn't pop right away. Like it, it got better than it, it was probably doing like three times as good as my other videos. It was probably... And compare that to yeah. the 2012 videos. Like, let's say your peak 2012. Yeah. Was it doing as good as... A- it was about... It was maybe doing slightly worse than the peak uh, 2012 era. Which is so interesting because... Yeah. And and I want to hear more about the sugar video, but when you compare... When you see your videos from 2012 and that video, there is a huge, massive difference. Not that those were bad videos <laughs> then, but like, you just skyrocketed. And it probably because of years of just doing this. You put in your, your so-called 10,000 hours of making YouTube videos <laughs> yeah. and everything changed. Well, but- yeah, I, wor- I worked on that video for weeks. Like that was the first time, that's the longest I had ever worked on a video up until that point. So I knew it would do better, but I did, had no idea it would do that good. That's, that's... Well, why'd you pick that topic? Uh, I genuinely wanted to eat less sugar and my wife wanted to eat less sugar too. So we just thought that would be a healthy thing to do. So, uh, so... What I like about that is it came out of a genuine interest. Yeah, as all of these. To, I mean, yeah. I try to make them all come out of a genuine interest. I mean, yeah. were you were you kind of were you trying to be on a diet? Like, what what were you trying to do with the sugar thing? Uh, just just be healthier, just feel better. Like in general, all most of these videos, I'm I'm just trying to have more energy during the day because I feel like as I get older, I just feel like I'm losing energy. Yeah, mm. you know, you're right. Mm. Uh, yeah. like there's the you know, what happens if you go to sleep at 7 p.m. every night? What happens yeah. if you meditate every day? What happens if you be a vegan? Which, yeah. by the way, did not give you more energy. Is nope. my, you know. So <laughs> somebody, somebody was on the podcast the other day, Suzanne Summers uh, the, from the TV show Three's Company, but she was mentioning that all, she spoke to lots of doctors and she has yet to meet a doctor who's met someone over the age of 100 who's a vegetarian. 
<laughs> so yeah. But by the way, doesn't mean anything. I'm not criticizing vegetarianism. Yeah. We, we have three kids who are either vegetarians or worse. But yeah. uh oh, yeah, my conclusion for the, the vegan video was that it, it was a perfectly legitimate diet. I you could do it and I didn't feel terrible doing it, but I it also didn't really improve anything. I didn't feel like it improved anything. I notice sometimes it's we and sometimes it's I. I think your <laughs> I think your wife doesn't and your kids don't want to try every experiment. Like eating kale every day was probably not as fun for for the family. <laughs> no, no, yeah, uh, my wife definitely did not want to go vegan at all, uh, and she didn't. Um, what's another one? She didn't do sleep. Sleep. Yeah, she didn't want to change her sleep. She didn't want to get up super early or go to bed super early. Yeah, she did not want to go to sleep at 7 p.m. <laughs> and she did not know why you wanted to be without her while yeah. you slept and she was just hanging out till 10 p.m. Yeah, she is joining me on the on the one right in the middle. We're in the middle of right now, which is no alcohol. Okay. Yeah. But she also kicked you out of the house. That's why you're in New York by yourself. So <laughs> That's right. It's she's, actually She's at her wit's end right now. <laughs> it, it wasn't that hard to do the no alcohol until I came to New York either. And now it's like there's these great little wine bars or wherever cocktail bars everywhere and i'm just like oh that would be nice to have a cocktail right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's why i just stay inside all day there's no <laughs> no alcohol here yeah uh so okay sugar video comes out it's doing mildly better mm -hmm. you know you've put in the work it's it's masterfully edited it's it's up there with with the best of youtube videos it's a fascinating topic oh, thank you and um, and also, I'd imagine at this point you've seen you had seen other YouTubers like Casey Neistat, who was just blowing it away. He just was coming up with all these clever concepts and just killing it. And yeah. there's, there's actually plenty of, I would say there's plenty of great successful YouTubers. We're, we're like the you know Logan Paul is an example. There's all these popular YouTube videos, but that's not your style. Like their types of videos, there's they're they're much more younger focused, like Gen yeah. Z focused. And I think they're much much more. I mean, I've tried some things that they do not like Casey Neistat I have tried some of his style of video but it's much more uh experience like day-to-day -day experience based it's more like day-to-day -day life like this is what I'm gonna do today follow me along on my adventure and by the way I think that's an, a strong you you can't run away from what your voice is and yeah. and I think if you find that voice which is what you did and you're still doing it's 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 a smarter higher demographic audience in some cases than just being you know, silly on YouTube to get tens of millions of views. So your your average advertiser is probably willing to pay up for that. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's it has improved. Like ever since the sugar video, things are much better. I, I put my resume away. Uh, uh, that it has definitely improved. I think what it is. Well, like stylistically, what I'm doing is a lot of what I'm doing is the opposite of what I did at the in the beginning, which is since so the beginning it was absurd. It was it was it was about output and being consistent. Um, now it's about every video is, I try to make sure it has a purpose, it has a point to it, and I, I spend as much time on it as I need to to get it done, to make it as good as it can be. And I don't, I don't put it on a certain day or anything, just, just whenever I feel like it's ready. Well, lately, the, the sponsor has a deadline, so I have to have it done by then, but, but other than that, I don't have my own deadline. So, so you, you, you kind of have these four rules. So you, you made this video um, like six or seven months after that, or eight months after the sugar video came out and you've been doing videos all along in this new style now but you had this great video um how i saved my youtube channel and those four rules by the way i thought that you give were not only great rules for building a youtube channel but great rules for all creativity and just great rules actually for life in general so i want to get to it but i also want to know what happened more with the sugar video so okay it's so, doing well, a little better yeah it did better for about a week and then uh someone posted made a a cleverly titled 
link to it on Reddit and it made it to the front page of Reddit. Mm. And uh, I think it was a couple uh, quits sugar for a month. Also explanation of added sugar or something like that. And, and so, cause I do have a pretty good explanation of what added sugar is in the video. Um, I think it's pretty good anyway. Uh, but then it, it made it to the front page of Reddit and then that made it really skyrocket for a short for a short time, I don't remember. I don't remember the exact wh- where the views went from. I think they were at around a hundred thousand, and they went to uh, maybe approaching a million or something. And then it got into the YouTube recommended system, mm. and then it just YouTube started recommending it all over the place. Now, was that algorithmically got into there? I don't know. And so you don't know if like someone yeah. at YouTube was like, "Hey, I'm gonna yeah. manually curate this," because <laughs> there must be some curation at YouTube. Yeah. Otherwise, it would all be who I'm, knows. I'm suspecting there must have been some sort of manual. Uh, curation of it because there's lots of videos with a million yeah. views yeah that's true mm-hmm. yeah and and maybe they saw it on reddit whoever it was who worked at youtube saw it on reddit and they're like oh so so yeah. and um okay so 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 continue with this so you're you're, you're blowing up in views you, your resume that you were about to send out to procter and gamble and other places <laughs> you you trashed it what what made you decide to trash it like what happened I think right after, right, right when uh, it got to the front front of Reddit, I think I was like, okay, I think I'm going to be good. I, I mean, I had already planned to do all these other uh, other videos after that, and I thought, okay, those videos are probably going to do well because this one did well. So, I was just wasn't worried anymore. In in so you started planning kind of other experience. You got excited. You're getting validation. Yeah. You're getting comments. You're out on the front page of Reddit. It was trending on YouTube. You're getting more views than you'd ever gotten before. Um, what was your, in like the 2010 to 2012 period when you were mostly AdSense or just AdSense, what was your income per year? Um, I think it, probably around 100000 So that's, that's great to do, yeah. doing what you love yeah. and living in Austin I'm or wherever you not, lived. Not complaining. I was in Chicago for most of it, you know, mm-hmm. for like 12 years. So so now you're thinking to yourself, okay, this is like phase two, phase three maybe of my YouTube life. Because you had that first phase, let's say 2006 to 2010, then yeah. 2010 to 2012, then 2012 to 2018 where things were sloping down and you were going to start applying places. And now suddenly, boom, the sugar video, which was you documenting this experience mm-hmm. and you did a series of other ones like that. Then you kind of documented what you did to save your YouTube channel. Maybe describe the four rules because I just, I love this video. I highly recommend any creative watch this video. Um, so the four rules are, uh, I think, I can't remember. <laughs> I hope I remember but all of them. Fine, so, have a purpose. Well, perp- I, I'm, yeah, okay, though, I'm trying to remember the order. The first, the first one is have a purpose. Def- everything I do, make sure it has a purpose, which is completely opposite of what I had been doing up to that point, which was just have fun, basically. Make something funny. Uh, and often, and, and I, I had a mantra for a long time, dare to be pointless was, was a mantra I had. I don't, I don't describe to that anymore. Now it's make sure everything has a purpose, um, which seems obvious, but to me it wasn't obvious. So uh, make, just make sure. Well, define yeah. purpose. Uh, yeah, okay. Let's think about that. Uh, so uh, a, pur- a purpose meaning, well, because you could look at it from the point of view of myself or from the point of view of the audience. So from the point of view of myself, is it something that if, if is what I'm doing improving me in some way? And then from the point of view of the audience, is it will it help the audience will it help other people in some way? Yeah, or or yeah. for the audience too. Or it, will they get something out of it? Yeah, it's like a blend of, huh, 
you're, you're, it seems like all the experiments are something we've all considered at some point or other. Like everyone's looked at, people sort of know that cupcakes are bad for them, but we still eat cupcakes. We all sort yeah. of are curious what it's like to not have sugar. So this is something probably everybody has thought. So it's, so your your purpose for the audience, it seems like they're going to relate and, and questions that they've been asking maybe their whole lives, you're going to help them answer because you've experienced it. You're right. not just looking at scientific research, which is easy. You're doing it. And so they want to see you. They actually kind of want to see you fail yeah. and, or get miserable. So that justifies their, right. I want to just keep eating cupcakes right. and, and screw I, this guy who's trying to ruin my life. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't, I think the second rule, I think it was the second rule is be honest, uh, which is, which is, it goes along with that, which is, um, if I'm honest, if I, if I just have an experience and I'm just straightforward about exactly what I did, believe whatever you want, but this is, this is the be most use, this is the most useful I can be basically. Yeah. And, yeah. and, but, but also you, you, in terms of the audience perspective and you, and you said earlier, you do this naturally, but it still had high entertainment value. It's not like you suddenly went from doing absurdist videos to putting on a lab coat and saying, this is what my blood levels were like every single day. Here's a graph. Like you still made it, you know, very yeah. funny and amusing. And the editing is hilarious. And you're getting your family involved is like hilarious. Um, so, so, so I think that was part of the purpose too, is you still want to be entertaining. Yeah. Well, yeah, I want, I, I think that's just naturally the way that's my style. I just can't avoid it. That's just how I present things. Um, by the way, your rule number two was, uh, communicate effectively, I think. Or maybe maybe it was, and then three. Oh, effectively communicate your purpose. Yeah. with everything you do. That was rule number two. Yeah. And so, uh, what what is let describe that? And you have some examples in that video, but well, I there. Well, you can talk about the content of how to effectively communicate. Basically, don't be distracting. Don't put in things that don't matter. Have nothing to do with the purpose. Try to if you're putting in graphics, make sure that they are clearly describing, adding to what you're trying to convey, basically. So so, uh, so it's sort of like Kurt Vonnegut's writing advice. You know, every sentence has to move the plot forward. Yeah. Every, every, every word has to, has to help the, the character get to some, the main character get to some goal. Right. Yeah. Like don't, don't meander basically. But also uh, with thumbnails and titles, just make sure that those are, you're not trying to be clickbaity. You're not trying to draw eyes. Although you, I mean, you do that where you can, but but as long as it as you're conveying what it's about, just conveying exactly what the purpose of the thing is. Right. So, but yeah. and and with honesty, when you when you use the word honesty combined with the communication, I don't think it's possible to click clickbait. And what I mean is, it's not like you're making a sugar video and you're and you're writing like ten ways I almost killed myself. You know, you're, you're writing. Your title is actually more clickbaity, the sugar video, than some of your older absurdist videos, which had absurdist titles. Yeah, uh, I'm more, much more likely to click on a title which says, "What happened when I tried to when I didn't eat sugar for a month?" Than some of the older video titles. Right. But it's not clickbaity because it's telling the truth. Yeah, exactly. I mean, people. You're not people, trying to trap people. Yeah, I mean, there are you could you could be clickbaity if, but then you'd be lying. I think to me, it's a lie if it's a if it's yeah. clickbait. Um, cause I mean, bait kind of implies lot. It's a lie. Like basically like a worm on a hook is like, that's not a, just a worm. That's a, that you're going to be caught, you know? Um, but yeah. So if you're being honest, then do all you can to draw people in. I, I, yeah. th I think that's fine. As long as you're being honest and you're conveying the purpose of the, of the thing. And, and, and if you, 
I find that if just more effectively convey the purpose, it just does better. That 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 communicate effectively combined with the authenticity, I really combined with the purpose as well. But just those two things really go hand in hand, mm-hmm. as you were saying, like as the title sort of flows naturally then if you're being honest and if you're communicating effectively. But again, like you said, every component, every edit had to have a reason, every, you know, that matched what the video was about, every scene. Like what was, an, uh, you know, there's also saying in writing, you know, kill your darlings. Like you might write this beautiful paragraph, but if it doesn't, when you later are writing a second draft, if it doesn't really move the story forward, you have to kill this paragraph. You have to erase this paragraph that you love. Did you find yourself editing any scenes that you loved that you thought were funny, but it didn't really move forward the whole, you know, sugar premise? Well, uh, usually in the writing process, because now I actually write the things. I used to kind of make it up as I went along. So now when I write, I, I, I can't remember a specific time when I shot something and cut it, but I, I can, I've cut, I've wrote and rewrote many scripts and cut out lots of jokes or I'll write a joke. It's usually jokes. Uh, I'll write a, a, a long joke and, and I'll start shooting and I'll be like, nope, that doesn't feel real to me. I'm like, what, can you give an example? I can't think, I don't know. I can't think of one. You, but you know what it reminds yeah. me of in yeah. stand-up comedy is that if you see comedians on stage, sometimes they tell these jokes like, oh, you should have seen my date last night. And it's so clear that it's just a joke. It never really happened to them. Yeah. But, if, but if you take someone like Dave Chappelle with his Sticks and Stones video, or you know any of his Netflix specials really, he's saying something that he really believes and then he's making it funny. So it almost yeah. doesn't matter if he's not funny because yeah. he's speaking from this core, so he can just keep going until he makes it funny. Right. Somehow he's got skill at funny, so he'll figure it out. Uh, and but because he's, if if he wasn't speaking from his core, if he was just trying a joke and it fails, you're stuck because you're kind of in outer space. You don't know. You, yeah, you're not you're not being held by an anchor anywhere. Yeah, if you're being honest, if you're just being authentic, it's so easy to keep talking or to keep like say to go down that path because you you're just being yourself. Uh, yeah, like most people on Twitter are deranged assholes, so they could just keep going forever. So, <laughs> right. uh, but uh, I, like the 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 most recent video I did that the most recent video that's out is the one where I went to bed at uh, seven p.m. every night. That is an example because I used to write jokes. I think of jokes completely differently now. I used to think of them as just the content in and of themselves. And nowadays I realize that I was joking because I was hiding things or I was, or I, I didn't know what else to say. So I just made a joke. Now this, this most recent video about going to bed at 7 PM, I didn't, I didn't even think of it as a, as funny at all when I was writing it. I was just, I was just making the experience. I was describing the experience and just telling trying to convey everything. But because I've, I just naturally write jokes, it just became funny. Commenters saying it's one of my funniest videos. People are saying this is hilarious. I didn't even think of it as funny at all. I just love the cut too, where you go and, you know, my wife didn't necessarily, you know, agree or want to do, I forget the exact way you worded it, but uh, yeah. just, I love your, your edits are funny. So <laughs> I think I do find jokes in the edit. Yeah. Later on. Yeah. yeah. And, but, but again, it reminds me like I, so I've been doing stand up for like five years. And I think I went through this, even though with my writing, which I've been doing forever, uh, I feel very, you know, I've, I've found my voice or, but it's always evolving, but, uh, it's very much authentic and, and, and me. And I only write about 
things I strongly care about. And then it becomes naturally my voice. But with comedy for a long time, I didn't really understand that it's not just about making people laugh. And it's not just about the jokes, although it could be nothing wrong with that. But I really found when I, since I have a much stronger opinion than many, there's not a lot of people starting stand up in their forties. And most people are like in their twenties. And so their big thing is my date last night. But when I started saying stuff that I had to make sure every joke was something I really cared about. And then we, I got to that same sort of realization. If yeah. I cared about it, just natural things are going to happen. Right. Yeah. If you're, if you're making up stuff from pulling it out of the air, it's just going to feel not funny. Yeah. And again, <laughs> again, it might be cause you just might, you know, oh, stumble no, into be, something yeah. that is just a well-written joke. But if you, if it does fail, you're lost. Like yeah. you, you can't, you have no backbone or skeleton to kind of stand up anymore. You kind of have to rush to the network. It felt like to me, yeah. I would get scared and you'd have to rush to the next joke. Now, if something doesn't work, I'll just like, well, you know, it's in my head. I'm thinking, oh, well, I care about this. So I could, I don't care what they think. This is my opinion. Right. I mean, I want them to laugh, of course, but it's still important to me. And Dave Chappelle even, so there was a, a show on Facebook Watch that Will Smith did. I think it was called um, Will Smith's Bucket List. And he wanted to do three minutes of stand-up comedy. He had never done it. It was on his bucket list. So he flies to Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle gives him the advice. Better to be interesting than to be funny. Mm -hmm. And obviously the funny natural, as you just pointed out, the funny naturally happens if that's the skill set you've been building up. Right. Exactly. And that's one of the things I like about, let me talk about you now. That's one of the, I like about your writing. Uh, you, you have, you have, you have articles that, you know, have a topic that, you've seen other people write about and then and then I'll read yours and be like oh this is different this feels like a actually a guy talking to me this feels like a guy with actually he's not he's not going down the the cliche route of whatever the other articles were doing this is his own opinions and they're often very uh, opposite what you'd expect but that's why I relate yeah. so much to what you're saying in your four rules of of creating content for YouTube it's the same four rules in writing really which is that I guess maybe there's a fifth rule which is try to be the only one saying what you're saying, yeah. um, which which I think you succeed in doing. Like I didn't, I've never seen any other video of a guy who's tried to go off sugar for, and then edited, you know, in the funny and amusing way, that, and entertaining way that you do. But it's it's the same thing. I try to ask myself, um, if anyone else has ever said this, then it's no, it's not interesting to me anymore. Cause I'll just, I'll just tell people, hey, read this. It's better than what yeah. I could say. But if I'm saying something that's interesting that I've done my work on and or I've experienced, like you, you know, if I've been through something experientially, then I know it's unique. If I'm the only one who experienced it, yeah, I know no one else is going to write this. I'm going to have a unique viewpoint no matter what I say. Exactly. And and then it's usually going to be funny too because it's either going to be funny or it's going to be polarizing. <laughs> people are going to be like, "You're an idiot." If I say don't buy a house, people are either going to say this yeah. is the biggest idiot in the world or oh yeah, I'm going to, you know convince my friends not to force me into buying a house or whatever by the way i i mean i kind of was on board with what you're saying about buying a house like i i think i after doing that video that's so the, i do the why do people like videos also i do the quitting stuff for a month and i also do why do people like as a way to learn to learn about stuff i'm gonna if we have time i'm gonna yeah. interview you about universal basic income later but uh i doing that video completely changed my, well, I didn't really, I don't know if I had such strong opinions to begin with, but it changed my mind about uh, buying a house. Like I really do think it's, I think about money differently now because I think, I think it's really important to have uh, liquid cash on you. I think that's a very valuable thing. And 
Just for yeah. just for like so you could sleep at night. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. like like not to not to veer into the whole interview we did for one of your videos like a year ago, but uh, I did. I veered into it. <laughs> but I, I no. If someone called you and said, "Hey, Craig, you should buy Apple stock," put here's what you should do: you should put all of your money into Apple stock and then go to the bank and borrow five hundred percent more and put it all into Apple stock. Yeah, and that's what you should do and hold it for the next thirty years. And we'll lend you the money and we're going to charge you 8% interest and just hold on to it for 30 years. Don't worry at all. You would never do that. You would you would think to yourself, that does not make any sense as as just in terms of a shepherding my money because a house is a significant investment, even if you don't have to view it that way. That would be a crazy way to view an investment. And yet people do it every day with buying a home. Yeah. And then, and also you, you could arguably make more if you just look at it as an investment you could make more just putting your money in the stock market rather than putting it into property yeah or uh, or investing in yourself like yeah. you know, there's a lot of things you do could do to to you know take classes build skill i mean we live in a world where skills are rewarded more than degrees so yes you got your your film degree but if you hadn't done uh, you know hundreds of youtube videos at this point you wouldn't you'd have a much harder time right now. Yeah. Um, so, okay. But so we, <laughs> so we have three rules of the four so far. There was find a purpose, communicate effectively, be authentic is what you called it. And within yeah. that, you kind of described this transformation in how you were funny per in each video. And then what was the fourth rule? Uh, don't worry about time. Uh. So, which was was about uh, scheduling. Based, well, scheduling and the length of something. Like I used to think that a video had to be this old way of thinking was it had to be like two to five minutes long and they had to come out at a certain time. You had to have a schedule. You had to be consistent. And now I don't worry about that at all unless I have to meet a sponsored deadline. So this is interesting because this is a real change in the world of content. So if you think about TV shows and newspapers, a TV show like, uh, you, uh, you know, you grew up in in the nineties. Beverly Hills nine oh two one oh had to come out every Thursday at eight o'clock and then Melrose Place at nine. Or actually I think they were nine and ten. Yeah. That's how well I know yeah. Beverly Hills nine oh two one oh fan. <laughs> and uh and a newspaper has an editorial calendar. Like here these days we do the crossword puzzle. You know, every day yeah. we gotta come up with a news story, which is kind of a big problem with news, is that not every day is newsworthy. Yeah, that's why they have to, they make up and they over they over inflate the interest of every story yeah yeah <laughs> prince harry like who cares yeah so yeah i mean i and that's so yeah that's my my philosophy now is just make it as good as it can possibly be if i if it's about an experience make sure i have the experience make sure i have feelings about the experience and then convey them you know yeah. and again that the, the um don't worry about the time thing that was a big issue for me in writing for a while like i felt if i didn't put out an article an entire article a genius article every single day, then quote unquote, my audience was either going to forget about me or not like me or think I had stopped. So they wouldn't read yeah. me anymore. Like I was just insane about it. And it took me a while to realize it's much more important to just put out something good, even if it takes a while. Yeah. If you're the only thing you should be consistent about is that you're consistently good. <laughs> you just, the thing you have, you put out has value. Yeah. I, I, so, so it's, it's, so interesting talking about this because I also wonder about that. I, I was talking to one person who's a rapper and he puts out a lot of rap videos on YouTube. And 
he was talking about some videos that had failed. And I said, well, how do you feel when that happened? He's like, I don't care because people never remember the bad videos. They only remember the good ones. And so that mm -hmm. was his way of being consistent is that he kind of just ignored mentally the bad ones thinking that everyone else is going to ignore them as well. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, a, that's a, just a, not that one's view is right and one's view is wrong. You should still spend, you shouldn't put together, you shouldn't put something out before it's done. Um, but yeah. you don't really know if it's going to be a big hit until it comes out really. Yeah. But also maybe that only, if I would have told myself, if I would have uh, not put out as much as I did back in the past, I wouldn't be where I'm at now either. So maybe when you're starting out, putting out a lot of things is a good practice. I, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's good practice. Um, and you could experiment with lots of ideas. Yeah. So maybe just where I'm at now, it just makes sense to not put out a, put out stuff. And yeah. and when you don't put out a lot of stuff, though, does that affect your income, or you're not as worried about that because it's you found a good consistent way of? Yeah. Right. Currently, I'm not worried about income. Like I, I have a lot of sponsor deals that are already set in stone for up in the coming few months. So. And do you get, so you had 10 million views on that sugar video and then you've had a million here, a million there. And then sometimes you'll, you'll range. So you have a wide range. You'll go from like 80,000 views on a video to millions yeah. to hundreds of thousands. Well, the, the challenge ones tend to do better. The ones that are mm. like the month challenge or the week challenge. Those are, those seem to range from like 250,000 to a million. And, and do you ever get frustrated when something doesn't hit that you thought would really hit? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, it gets uh, it gets frustrating, but then I it's usually the videos that I know aren't going to do that well anyway. So I just have to remind myself, Craig, you knew this video wasn't going to do that well. Why are you getting frustrated about it? You know, um, they're just videos that I was interested in doing, so I did them anyway, even though I knew they weren't going to do that well. Um, there was one video, the actually the home buying video was frustrating because. Over the long term, it has done pretty well. It's, and so I'm, I'm pretty happy with it now. But initially, it didn't do that well. And I spent a lot of time on that one. That's so interesting because yeah. my most popular article ever was probably my initial article. And I've written tons of articles about tons of topics. But my initial article about you should never buy a home, you should never own a home, that's probably my most popular article ever. And when I did it as a video on Yahoo Finance, got it got like over 10,000 comments. It was It was... Uh, unbelievable. I think for me, maybe it was just too off-brand for me. Mm. I, I think I, I I don't talk a lot. I didn't talk a lot about finances or home buying and stuff. So, but now you have this category like, why do people yeah. like X? Yeah. And I feel like that's more on-brand for you now. Maybe, yeah. maybe it became more on-brand until over time, so people went back and and looked and, and saw. You read my mind. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um. So so uh, I'm curious also, what I'm going to ask the basic question, but. What would you say to a kid who wants to make YouTube videos or even me who wants to make more popular YouTube videos uh, in addition to your four rules, which I think are valuable for all creativity and even other things like entrepreneurship and negotiating yeah. and whatever, sales. Uh, what would you recommend as a beginning YouTube, aspiring YouTube creator? Well, those four rules are, I really emphasize <laughs> have a purpose for sure. That's like the biggest one. But when you're starting out, sometimes you don't know that you don't know what your purpose is, and so then, so then I would maybe break some of those rules that that we said and and do a lot of stuff. Just do it over and over again. There's this there's this culture right now that's kind of like anti hustle culture that's happening where 
you know, it, it's unhealthy to to promote hustle. And it is, I think. I think it's not necessarily for everybody, but it is kind of required if you want to if you want to do something pretty great, if you want to have a great career. And, particularly now, like you said, yeah. with, with so many uh, pieces of create good creativity, good content vying for our attention, you yeah. kind of have to, you know, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk who kind of started this sort of hustle and grind culture. I do think his best book is Crushing It or Crush It, where you really have to like just pound every possible outlet for promoting your stuff and and respond to, you know, customers or emailers or whatever. And and I think that's actually a pretty valuable piece of advice. Yeah, I think you just, even if it doesn't do well in the beginning, it's, it is good practice to just do it over and over again and learn and figure out. And then maybe you will find your purpose through that. That's how I found it. So, and you see the purpose has to evolve too. Like yeah. you've been evolving this style and, uh, uh, but I, but I think now you're more comfortable with that voice evolving and yeah. seeing where it takes you. Yeah. I'm ready to, I can change purpose if I have to now. Like the, the point is that I just make sure I know what it is. I think, uh, yeah. do you think a lot of people take, uh, I don't want to say the easy way out, but it seems like one way to get a lot of views quickly is to have a controversial st stance. And I think you don't want to, yeah. you don't want to on purpose be controversial. You still want to be, I think it's really important to be authentic, but you see some people will be all this or all that left or right. And, and, and they do that as kind of a, because they think that'll get the views and, yeah. and, and it probably does actually, but I don't know if that's the, that's not the best way to be authentic and it could cause more trouble than it's worth. I think it could cause trouble because people will see through it mm -hmm. probably eventually. Uh, but I think if you are being 100% honest, sometimes you might not know that you're being dishonest. You might not know that you aren't, you aren't saying what you believe. And if you, if you actually really look at what you believe, I think you will find things that are uh, counter and alt what, what everyone's talking about. And just don't be afraid to say it. Yeah, I think that's yeah. I think that's the key too. There's uh, and that's alongside of authenticity, is uh, it's authenticity plus fearlessness because yeah. you're probably saying something that maybe you're a little scared to put out. Like maybe yeah. what what you what you mercilessly put your family through on the sugar video or or whatever. Yeah. Or you know who knows? Maybe there's an opinion <laughs> that's going to go against you know medical wisdom, so you get afraid yeah. to put it out and or. or vegans are going to hate you after the, the maybe after the <laughs> vegan video, we're not giving away anything. And, uh, I think this, so there's a fear component too, which I think is healthy. Yeah. Well, I think like as an example, the sugar video, the, the thing that was kind of, I was kind of afraid. The thing that was weird about the end of that video that you wouldn't expect isn't that it was so crazy. It's that it wasn't crazy at all that we just were kind of like, yeah, kind of felt better like we weren't we weren't that intense about it and that felt weird to do that at the end of the video like should we should we try to there was a temptation to try to play it up more but really there was if we were being honest eh, it was just fine and people responded well to that so well out know. of all these kind of i'm gonna try this videos has your life changed are you still doing any of the any of these well, i just things? put up a video about about kind of a roundup at the end of the year about oh oh yeah, yeah. i saw i saw that video <laughs> i didn't I haven't yet watched that video. You just yeah. put that up like in the past few weeks. And there it definitely has. Yeah. There's a lot of things that I'm doing now that I, I'm still doing. I'm, I'm still eating less sugar. Uh, not, I'm still eating. I just had a candy bar before I came here. What? So, <laughs> yeah. I can't, what did you have? Like a Mars bar? I had a, or a Snickers, Snickers bar? I had a Snickers. Oh my God. A cold Snickers. I bought it outside. It was, it was hard. Um, but 
I mean, I'm definitely eating less than I was before. I meditate. I still meditate, not every day, but I meditate and I like it a lot. Um, I most things I'm still in some form doing. Vegan, I'm I'm not vegan at all. <laughs> are you uh, Are you happier now? <laughs> uh, yes. I well, I mean, I wasn't necessarily unhappy before, but I'm happier and I feel like I have more energy throughout the day. That's the goal, really, to just have more energy. Um, I still have a lot of problem with sleep and I'm still trying to figure that out. But I think that's a common thing in our society now. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and I'll ask just one more question about the, for the aspiring video, YouTube video maker, which is a lot of people ask the question like, okay, you were doing it for so many years and then you kind of found your voice, which is like, well, how do I want to get better? And then I'm going to document that blah, blah, blah. How does somebody sort of experiment enough so that they start to realize what their voice is. Cause you, you even did this initial video. Like why do people like hall videos? Uh, so you started to play experiment and play around to kind of find which things were giving you both pleasure and validation and yeah. were finding answers to things you were curious about. Like how, how do people go through this process of experimentation? Is there a methodology you would recommend? I don't know that. Like, I think, well, a thing you don't see what people don't see about the videos I'm making is is the writing. Like I'm 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 spending a lot of time writing them, and I feel like that's one thing that I'm learning. Like the past couple of years of doing these videos, I have really learned how to write a lot better because I'm writing and rewriting a script and figure and really, really delving deep into how to find the purpose of the video in the writing of it. Um, and the only way that I've learned to do that, and I just read an article from you before coming here. I re reread an article. Um, it is to do it over and over and over again. Just like I've, I'm forcing myself to. Sometimes I don't want to write, but I'm writing and writing and writing, and I feel like I'm getting better doing it. And that's really the only. There's no easy way. And you say right. that in, in your article. It was. I don't remember which article it was, but, but you you say that that there's. I really. It is hard, and I really don't know another way to do it. You do it over and over and over again. Yeah, and I think I think the the only way to maybe or or not not the only way, but the most effective way, I think, to speed it up a little bit is to experiment a little. Yeah. So if all you did was the absurdist videos and you stuck to that forever, you never would, even no matter how many hours you put in, you never would have gotten to the success that you currently have. Yeah. So you have to always try something new and be a little nervous about it, I think. Yeah, I think there's a temptation to go on autopilot. There's a temptation to find a consistent thing that works and to repeat over and over again. And if you get into that cycle, eventually it's going to, I think you're going to burn out and it's going to stop working or you're not going to learn. You're not going to grow. Yeah. Wheezy waiter. Thanks so much. <laughs> Craig Benzine, yeah. Wheezy waiter on, on YouTube. Uh, any other place you want people to check out? I mean, I think uh, that's probably good. Wheezy waiter. Yeah. yeah. YouTube.com slash Wheezy waiter, Twitter, Wheezy waiter. The only reason I'd want you to, I don't, I don't, I still tweet a lot, but the only reason I'd want you to really check that out is because I'm so close to a hundred thousand. I've been I've been so close to a hundred thousand for many years. How many do you have right now? Ninety-one thousand. We're getting you up to a hundred thousand. What okay. about TikTok? How many followers do you have there? I don't do TikTok. Oh man, you should slice up some of your videos and put them <laughs> I should. on TikTok. I should. Oh, uh, and Instagram, do you do anything there? Not really. I have a Wheezy Waiter Instagram account. And you put your videos on Facebook? Uh nope. <laughs> but which by the way, I think is, is, is there's various issues there, but yeah. uh, one idea I had for you on revenues, by the way, is not only sponsors, but maybe you should try affiliate deals. So if somebody yeah. like 
all of your sponsors are selling something. And sometimes you can either get a direct payment or if they're selling something that's rather high price, like let's say it's a travel agency or a travel site. If yeah. you, you kind of have an affiliate deal where you get a par portion of sales directed by your video, that could be much more lucrative. Interesting. So anyway, just throwing it out. I mean, it's, okay. It's, it's worth what you just paid for it. So you want to be my manager? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say this. You could call me up for advice anytime you want. Okay. So cool. that I'll do. All right. Uh, all right. Thanks so much, Craig. All right. Wheezy thank, waiter. Thank you. Thank you.